We're looking tonight at 2 Thessalonians, and we better get on the road, amen. Uh, Brother Orland's not here tonight, but he come up and, and encouraged me today about my preaching. I got awful, distra I just got aggravated at myself, and, and uh, he says, Reggie, now, he said, I was telling him something about it. He said, well, don't worry about it. He said, you know, he said, you just got so much going on in your mind, you can't stay. He said, let me tell you what you might practice. Practice being a pilot on a big jet and set that thing toward its destination and don't get off of it. <laughs> And I said, you know, I really like that illustration because now I feel like I was going like this. <laughs> and nobody wants to ride on jet going like that, you know. So anyway, you pray for me that I'd say what I ought to say and no more and get it through. Amen. 41, I don't know, 41 years, 42 years of preaching, not much hope. Uh, back in the back, there's some word there put to uh, Brother Allen and Sister Cheryl McCall right down here, missionaries in Kyrgyzstan. And their prayer cards are back there on the back. Get you one of them. Pray for these folks right here. Uh, in the ministry. Get one of those cars. Thank you, Brother Allen, for that. Appreciate you folks being here with us in the church. Of course, it, we are supporting them. And you pray for that country and pray for the leaders of that country and the workers of the Lord in that country. All right. Second uh, Thessalonians chapter 3, we was looking at um, uh, verse number uh, 8. Neither did we eat any man's bread for naught, but wrought with labor. That word wrought is a powerful word. It means it kind of hammered out. You, they used to talk about wrought iron fences or wrought iron gates that was beaten out. There's a lot of labor in that and, and you're making something, rotting. Uh, that's why I talk about you making a product. You're making something. So it takes a lot of time and energy sometimes to, to do those kind of things. You're rotting. You're working. You're, you're building something. With labor and travail night and day. Now look what he said. With labor and travail what? Night and day. I'm really big on entrepreneurship. Yeah. Amen. I, I just like the opportunity to flop and fail. I'd rather flop and fail all my life and just have the chance. Amen. Just get out on the ball field and have a chance to throw the ball. Amen. It, and not, it, it, being successful to me is not the ultimate end. It's just the chance of doing something. Get, you know, I decide, hey, you know what? I'd like to try that. I'm glad I'm not in a, a, a nation where the government says you're going to do this every day of your life till the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm glad of that. I, I, when we were in Russia, one of the saddest things that I ever saw was they had brought all those farmers in off of the land and put them in 30 and 40 story high apartment buildings, same color carpet, same color shades, drab, and that's where they lived. Can you imagine some old 60 year old farmer, Brother Robert, being put up in a 30 deal like that, who'd been out there used to plowing and turning that old ground over and planting that seed, waking up and looking at the sunshine come over the hills, watching the birds and things like that, and put him in an apartment. It's no wonder people in America are crazy. Yeah. You want to get your sanity back, move out in the country. Amen. We're the, one, we're the sane ones. <laughs> I'm honest with you. There ain't nothing like smelling a skunk. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, they killed them all in the city. I think, I don't know. Maybe some, I, I, that's the only time I might believe in reincarnation a little bit there. Some of them turned into skunks, amen? Uh, don't pay attention to that. But uh, I, I love entrepreneurship. I love capitalism. You say, oh, a bunch of greedy capitalists. Oh, come on now. Come on now. Don't talk to me about it. Most people that's ever, uh, ever hear, I've watched this carefully in my life. Most people that talk bad about that uh, they're greedy, they're greedy themselves. Yep. Yep. Amen. And they're worse than greedy, they're envious and they're lazy and they're envious because somebody else did good. 
And by the way, can I tell you, going, we do not preach here that if you go to church three times a week and give and tithe and everything, uh, God's going to shower down money from heaven to you. He ain't going to do that. Amen. And there's a lot more to make you happy than money. There's a way of life, a way of living. It's worth living, is, and, that, and that's, that's the joy of it and the blessing of it. And just working and seeing the product of your hands and seeing some, produce something. And, you know, just, I, I'm just telling you, I'm big on that. And because I, I believe the Bible's big on it. I really do. Now, he said there in verse number nine, not because we have not power, but to make ourselves an example unto you to follow us. For even when we were with you, we, that with this we command you that if any would not work, neither should he eat. For we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, not working not at all, but are busybodies. Now them that are such, we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ that with quietness they work and eat their own bread, but ye brethren be not weary in well-doing. And if any man obey not our word by this epistle, note that man have no company with him that he may be ashamed. And we said this morning that God in the same books emphasized the second coming of Christ. That's the eye on eternity because we ain't going to be here very long. But at the same, in the same epistle, he wants to keep our eye on your daily life of working. And so we're going to begin looking now at a subject tonight. We preached this morning on the work ethics somewhat. I want to preach now on this subject, slothfulness. All we're going to do is look at verses for a while and then I'll give you some disciplines and some encouragement in the Lord from that. But I will tell you this, that uh, I would say first of all, we get into slothfulness. Slothfulness can affect anybody. Yeah. Slothfulness can slip up on you and the next thing you know, you're slothful and you're not after it like you ought to be. And uh, so we're going to look at these verses and then come back and give you some disciplines of life that would be good. So let's go to Proverbs 26, 16, guys. Proverbs 26, 16. If you want to write these down, these would be really good devotional uh, verses for you, for your family reading, your Bible reading, and so forth like that. Proverbs 26, 16. The sluggard, now sluggard is a slothful person. And uh, you now, listen, what is being slothful? Can anybody tell me? What, what's a sloth, first of all? A sloth. There's an animal that's called a sloth. What is it? Yeah. I couldn't hear. He moves slow. He moves slow. You're right. He hardly moves at all. You say, get up out of bed, and he turns over. And he's slow. <laughs> and whenever there's work to be done, he doesn't move very fast. He's a sloth. He basically hangs in that tree, it looks like, just forever. Where the sun's up, down, nothing. He ain't going to do nothing. Now, he said the sluggard is, watch this, is wiser in his own conceit than seven men that can render a reason. He's got it fixed in his mind why he is smarter and cooler and the rest of you idiots are working hard. You're just a bunch of dummies, but I got it figured out how to make a living without working. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I'm going to go back just a little bit. just want to talk about this. You've got a generation of, of, of young boys, especially in America, that thinks they're going to make their living selling drugs. Yeah. I'm going to lay in bed. I, I want to preface this message tonight with something that's pretty sad. When I was a, a boy, we milked cows all of my life. My dad milked all my life until I was, you know, so forth. And uh, I remember, uh, especially like be my late grade school years, early high school years, dad, we milked about 80 cows in a stanchion barn. And 4.30 in the morning is when we got up. And of course, had to milk 80 cows before we go to school. 4.30 in the morning, got up. My mama would have breakfast ready. So that means she's been up a while. Okay. And you go up to the barn, you get the cows up, get everything ready, milk 80 cows, and then you go to school. Now, when I graduated from high school, and the next fall I went to college, 
And it didn't affect me too bad then. I went for, I think it was a year and a half or a year, and then I dropped out, uh, did just physical works, like went back to college uh, on a mid-semester. And by the end of that, that little trip, because of the culture at that college, I want to tell you what it was, right up here at SMS. The culture was, get your classes set to take them all in the afternoon to, to early evening, then you party all night and you get up at nine and 10 o'clock the next morning. That was the culture of that thing. Now I look back now and, and think about the young people that were working in the uh, cafeterias or maintenance or clean whatever, they, they, they didn't have that, they were, uh, they were getting up early. But the bulk of the student population set their classes up so they could party all night, get up at nine or 10 o'clock in the morning, eat dinner at noon, and then hit their first class about 12.31 o'clock. You know, maybe it's all changed in the last 40 years. I doubt it. Amen. We are raising a generation of sluggards who do not know what it means to get out of bed. And I want to tell you this right now. Uh, if you lived in California, did you realize the folks in New York have been up two hours before? We, they've already been up two hours. And we're going to talk about this thing of slugger. Now, the first thing I want to say about it is get out of bed in the morning. Yep. Get out of bed. Yep. Do not let your flesh dictate what, how you're going to live. The flesh is weak. The flesh will always take the downhill easy route. Right. Discipline yourself in that. But the sluggard is wiser than his own conceit. He goes, man, I'll make me a living selling drugs. I ain't going to be any stupid to walk down there and work on that construction crew or working, working hard at that plant or whatever. I, I ain't, I'm, I'm better than that. I'm smarter than that. He's got all these reasons, see, why he's smarter than everybody else. Seven men can tell him. But you know, he's going he's gonna to make an easy living, make lots of money, and not have to work. Do not get that attitude. Amen. Love physical work. Love physical work. All right, let's go to 21:25. Proverbs 21:25. The desire of the slothful killeth him, for his hands refuse to labor. He's just lazy. He desire. He 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 wants things, but he doesn't want to work to get them. And so that causes him to be resentful to people who do have things. They've earned something. Work. Oh, Brenna, I didn't even think about this. You've been in Iraq and all of right? How old are you? 51. 51. When were you over there? Oh, I've been over there. I mean, back when would you? When did you start? Of course, probably that. When I went over there as a contractor, I was in my late 30s. Okay. Why did you go there? There's a war going on over there. Um, because I was looking at getting laid off at the outfit I worked for in Wichita, and I didn't want to be with that. Okay, uh, that's what I was getting to. Yeah. He went over there, and I mean, well, that's a pretty dangerous situation. I don't care what anybody says. First of all, being an American and some of those things. Yeah. But he went over there, why? Because he's uh, trying to make a living. And uh, I'll tell you, I, and I've known different men done that, especially back when it's 208, 209, when the work was really bad. I know some guys that, I mean, their, their business went down, their, their, whatever they were doing broke, and they just said, hey, I'm going to go, you, being away from your wife and being away from your family, being away from your kids, I mean, a lot of sacrifice there. And, uh, but I'm telling you something, the sloth man, he, he, his, his hands refused to labor. In other words, I'm not, going to, I'm not going to do anything if it's going to require some effort from me. And, but he desires all this stuff. So he starts conniving ways that he can get it. Have you ever thought, what does the world does make a person want to break into your house and steal your guns? Yeah. What is he doing? What made him do? What made him go over that threshold of fear of being, going to jail or even being shot? Yeah. 
right there. And it very hard. That, that don't require much physical labor. They're gone to church, break in their house, steal their guns, steal everything out of there. Why do they steal? Because it doesn't take much work. They can get to themselves. Their own conceit rationalizes that. All right, let's go to verse 26. He covet, watch this. He coveteth greedily all the day long. He wants stuff. He'll come to the point of where he's willing to kill for it. He wants the stature. He wants the status. He wants the envy of people. People look at him and say, what I've got. He coveteth. By the way, thou shalt not covet is the 10th foundational, 10th commandment upon which all others ride. Did you know I won't want your wife if I'm, not, if I'm covetous? That's, that's, where does adultery come from? Covetous. That's what the, the Bible teaches. That I've not known uh, thou shalt not covet. Covet, coveting goes in all those things over there in the other commandments. He coveteth greedily all the dawn, but the righteous giveth and spareth not. All right, let's go to uh, Proverbs chapter 6, verse 10 and 11. Proverbs 6, 10, 11. Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little fold of the hands of sleep. How many's got a snooze button? Don't raise your hands. <laughs> snooze button. I'll get up after a while. 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 Notice this. Not a full day's sleep, just a little. I'm just going to get a little more sleep. Just going to get a little more sleep. Just get a little more sleep. Let me just, I'm just going to be honest with you. How many know, will go, agree with this? You can get more done between 6 o'clock in the morning and noon than you can get done between 8 o'clock and 4. I do not understand how that works, but it happens. It works. If I get up early, I get more done by noon than if I start it. At, at eight or nine o'clock and go to four or five. That's just me. I don't, and a lot of people have that. But I would say this to you, get out of bed. Yeah. Get up. L.T. Hopper told me, said more people die in bed than anywhere else. You better not stay there much. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. All right. Then he said, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth and thy want as an armed man. God says that's the way to, to get poverty is, is, is to sit there in bed. Lay there in bed. All right. Uh, you know what? The, does anybody tell me the little poem that the old timers used to say? Anybody know history enough to know that? T give me the poem. Makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. Oh, but we got to watch Johnny Carson. I guess he's dead and gone. I don't know. I don't watch it. <laughs> I mean, to me, it's going to be a, to me watching the TV is the most wasteful moments I could spend of my entire life. That's just me. You do what you want to, but but to me, I can't imagine anymore. If I just happen to walk in the store and TV's on, I look at it and I go, and people sit and watch this stupidity all day long. No wonder they're nuts. I mean, literally, no wonder they're crazy. And uh, to, but it's a waste of my time. I would rather be reading. I, I'm honest with you. I'd rather be about doing anything. I'd rather be taking a walk than watch stupid TV. All right. So let's go on down to Proverbs 20, verse number four. The sluggard will not plow by raising a cold. This is a really good one. Oh, it's too cold to plow today. Honey, think about, no, it's too cold. It, it's too hot. It, it's too windy. They always got a reason why they ain't going to work. The sluggard will not plow by raising the cold. We're talking about planting potatoes. When do you plant potatoes? Somebody tell me. Early. 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 A lot of early you know, stuff. Well, you're going to have to get out there. and Usually it's going to be cold. Yep. You're going to do that. Yep. 
You cannot let cold stop you from working. I mean, what if you had a herd of cows and it's froze out there and you say, it's just too cold to go cut ice. It's just too cold to go feed the cattle hay. What if you're raising dogs or you're, you're raising cats or raising rabbits? It's just too cold to go out there and feed them puppies. That ain't going to work, is it? Good way to, he shall beg and harvest, have nothing. I'm going to tell you, God expects us to take care of, hey, listen, boys, girls, if you've got a rabbit, your mom and dad got you, you've got a rabbit, take care of that rabbit. Keep his cage clean. You know, in all honesty, but try your bedroom first. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. The old times used to say, God, cleanliness is next to godliness. And I know that's not in the Bible, but the principle is. The principle of that is. Organization. Uh, one of the things really helped me, I'm honest with you, back several years ago, I went through a time of depression. And I, you know, I didn't I want to talk about it a lot. But I got to where I didn't care. I didn't care if a door fell off the hinge. I didn't care if the shop was dirty. I didn't care if a gate fell off the deal. I just kind of look at it. And I just walked by. It was just, I don't know what, I just, I was, I just was, I don't know what happened to me. But I can remember one day, and I prayed about this and prayed about it. And I remember one day, this actually occurred, it was about a 10 year period. And I remember I prayed. And I said, Lord, I need help. You've got to take me out of this valley. You've got to take me out of this ditch. Because I knew I wasn't that, that wasn't to where I was naturally. And one day, I, it's just like something goes, you go out there and you start in one room of the shop. And I'm going to give you this, it might help you. I went up there and I took one room of that shop and it was a mess. And I picked up something, I carried it outside and I laid it on the ground. We went back and picked some more stuff up and I started sorting the junk from the stuff that, the, from the, the junk I wanted to throw away from the junk I wanted to keep. <laughs> Anybody else like that? And started sorting. And pretty soon I had the whole shop all lined up here in little piles. And then I went back in there and I took a broom and I cleaned that room out. And I'm going to tell you something, it literally changed me. And from that day forward, I started coming up out of that valley of depression. And then when I put it back in and I got done with that, I was, I don't know, it just did something to me to help me and encourage. I just felt better about myself. I felt better about everything. And then all of a sudden I'm like, why is that gate off the hinge? And why is that, why ain't that fixed? You know, and I started and don't come out to the house, please. Anybody? <laughs> Some of you will say, you ain't got out of that depression yet, buddy. <laughs> All righty, it was uh, uh, Proverbs chapter 20. Uh, let's go to uh, 19 verse 15. Slothfulness casteth into a deep sleep and an idle soul shall suffer hunger. They used to say what? Idleness is what? The devil's workshop. And it still is. It still is. Work, get busy, get busy. Stay at it. By the way, if it is helping during that time, I preached here, most people in this church didn't have a clue that I was in deep depression. And somehow, and I look back at it and I still wonder how God took me through it because I'd come in church house and just preach, God gave me a message. He gave me grace to do what he had called me to do. Yeah. And I'd go home and be, be truth would get in my truck and just feel like it's a train wreck of a message. The message was never no good. I'm not doing God no good. I'm not doing anybody good. You know, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. We don't even want to get into that because I hate depressive stuff, right? Amen. I don't, I mean, it's, it's not a shame to get depressed. It's a shame to stay there. Amen. All right. But slothfulness cast in deep sleep, deep sleep. You just kind of, you don't even hardly know you are. All right. Let's go, uh, let's go now to Proverbs 12, 24. The hand of the diligent shall bear rule, but the slothful shall be in tribute. That's a principle of God's word. 
Diligent. Be thou diligent. Watch this. To know the state of thy flocks. Amen. Go out and check on your cattle. Amen. Check on your livestock. Make sure, you know, don't. Uh, I was talking to one of the grandkids the other day, and I've got a son who, if he drives through cattle, he can probably see that they're, he, he probably knows they're sick before they do. But you get to where you see and you look in the eyes of animals and you start checking them out and you start, you take it. But anyway, be thou diligent to know the state of thy flock. Know them. And then you take that to a pastor situation. <coughs> know the state of the flock. My problem is I can see it, but I don't always know what to do about it. Because sometimes they're, they're, how many has ever had a calf that wouldn't let you catch him? He's sick, but he's, he run fast enough to keep you from catching him. <laughs> You've had lots of those. All right, let's go to Proverbs 12, 27. The slothful man roasteth not that which he took in hunting, but the substance of a diligent man is precious. And he's just go out there and kill something. He just let it lay there. Mm-mm. Don't do that. Too, la too lazy to gut your own deer and clean it? Yeah. You know, don't do that. All right, Ecclesiastes 10, 18. Ah, okay, we got, uh, what we got, 22? I don't know where that one comes. 2213. Yeah, the slothful man saith there's a line with that. I should be slain the streets. He says too dangerous to work today. Might have a wreck on the way to work. Better stay home. Go ahead, guys. I don't know where you're at. I'll just follow you for a while. <laughs> Anybody know where we're at? Proverbs 2822. Oh, you got it. Okay. He that hasteth to be rich hath an evil eye, and considereth not that poverty shall come upon him. Godliness with contentment is what? Great gain. Great gain. Proverbs 22, 16. Proverbs 22, 16. And to bring it down, guys, if you don't care. 16. He that oppresses the poor to increase his riches, and he that giveth to the rich shall surely come to want. Great verses for wisdom. Watch out on that. Why would God say for you not to give to the rich? Come on, we're having Bible class. Why would God say not to? They don't need it. You're trying to buy favors. It's a problem with the heart. There's an ulterior motive going on. You don't give it because they need it, because they don't need it. You're trying to get yourself inside favors, like I said there. Um, Proverbs 26, 14, as the door turns upon... Uh, let's go on to the next verse. I don't like that one. <laughs> no, we better stay there. Turneth upon his hinges. Pull. All right. Sloth, verse 15. Slothful man hideth his hand in his bosom. It grieveth him to bring it to his mouth. A sluggard is wiser in his own conceit than seven men can render reason. All those kind of things. All right, let's go to 10, let's to 20, verse number uh, 6. Guys, where are you? I'm trying to find out where we're at. Love not sleep, lest thou come to, be, come to poverty. Open thine eyes, thou shalt be satisfied with bread. Can you, go ahead. You, you run your route, and I'll just follow you, okay? Because I think we got a little bit of mess up here. He that gathereth in summer is a wise son, but he that sleepeth in harvest is a son that causes shame. There is a time to make hay, and when is it? When the sun shines, make your hay. There's a time in life that you have a chance to make some earnings and so forth. There's a time when you're going to have your health. There's a time when you have the opportunity, and God wants you to take advantage of that time. Okay, went by the field of the slothful, and his fences need to be fixed. By the vineyard of the 
man void of understanding, what happened below was all grown over with thorns and nettles that covered the face thereof and the stone wall broken down. And I saw it and considered it well. I looked upon it and received instruction. Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands. And just to be honest with you, this, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't be offensive to nobody and I don't want to preach what I'm not practicing. That's the main thing. But I'm just going to be honest with you, talking about ordering things, getting things in order. You will do better. No business does good when it's cluttered and disorderly and you don't know where things is at. How many in here, besides your preacher, has went to town to buy something you desperately needed, got home and found out two days later you have three of them back there on the shelf? Anybody ever done that? And you see the price on the three that was on the shelf? They were about $16 less than what you bought town today. Why does that happen? I'm not organized. I don't know where things are at. It's very important. Uh, if you're a mechanic, Bill, if you just threw ranches and you pull it out, and you, you know, I'm going to tell you what, we have a sawmill, and I promise you, if you want to practice breaking something that's broken down, buy a sawmill. <laughs> they just love to break down. And you need tools. And I never did have a whole lot of tools. First of all, didn't know how hard to use, you know. But I'm saying this, if you don't know where the nine, six, how many times have you ever heard somebody say, where's the half inch ranch at? Has anybody ever heard that? Where's the half inch ranch at? Who's had my nine sixteenths? Who's had, who got my Crescent Ranch? I'm watching eyes back here. <laughs> But organization, person needs, my wife, she's real big on organization. That's, I think that's part of her deal. But I mean, she wants a shelf and a place for everything. And then not only that, she wants everything in the place. So you can find it when you're done. And uh, you know, see, I'm not preaching the gospel, and I'm preaching, but I am preaching the Bible. Okay? Because God says what? Practical help in your daily living. Okay? I'm going to tell you something. Missionary, you ain't never going to be no missionary and be lazy. Mm -hmm. You can't be a missionary and be lazy. You can't be a preacher with a dime and be lazy. A lot of preachers too lazy to study. They go to the internet and find their three points in a poem. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, where are we at, guys? Proverbs 21, 25 and 26. Desire the slothful killing, hands for his labor, cut with greed. We got that already. Let's go to 18.9. He is also slothful in his work. To him, this great waster. Slothfulness causes waste. Amen. Waste all kinds of stuff. All righty, let's go to 1026, maybe. Or let's go to uh, 1026. Can we get Proverbs 1026? We'll try to, there you go. Vinegar to the teeth. Now, I love this verse here. Vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes, so is a sluggard to them descendant. Somebody send a guy over to work, and he's lazy as a hound dog. And God says, he's like vinegar in your teeth. Just, ugh. And uh, it's not a good testimony. All right, did we ever get Ecclesiastes 10.18? Did we get that guy? Oh, you got it. Now, here you go. This is an amazing passage of Scripture. Ben, you, you need, they want, somebody wants you outside. I'm just kidding you. <laughs> Karen and I built our house in 1988, and we put some kind of a cedar siding on it, and it didn't last worth nothing. And we finally put, uh, Kenny, I think you put that on, that cedar siding. Yeah, it didn't last very good. I bought, I bought the product. It was a bad product. It just twists and everything like that. Well, the birds is going in, and I was hearing strange little footprints at night. And 
How many of you ever woke up and what is that running across the ceiling? <laughs> <laughs> and it just was getting bad. Now I'm going to tell you about me. I love outside. To, uh, what, is any, uh, is any rest of you men like me? What is the house for? Sleep, Sleep eat. And that's pretty well it. <laughs> as long as rain's not coming where I'm sleeping, we're good. <laughs> I think the preacher has hit home. <laughs> Some of you lay, and my wife, she's very, very patient. See, I see everything needs to be done out on the farm. And I see everything we need out at the farm. And she's kind of like, she sees the stuff that needs to be, what's that, Lonnie and, that would make a good deal if women and men are different, right? How we see things. But Karen, she's off on a big deal this, this year, and she had been come over. He's putting on some new siding, and she's putting doing this and doing that, and she's getting the house. She's keeping it from dropping through. Because, to be honest about it, you let that stuff go on. What happens is mold sets in, and then rot sets in. The first thing you know, you're in a huge, huge mess. A lot of you people make a lot of you people make your living remodeling houses that other people are too lazy to fix. A lot of money to be made in houses. I, I, I'll just tell you the truth right now. I love to buy and sell property. Love it. I, that's just what I like to do. Just like to buy and sell property. You know the places I like to buy? The junk holes. I drive by a place and they ain't picked up nothing there for 40 years and I go, ah, there's one. <laughs> Did you know there's people that make their living, good living off of lazy people? And just, I'm just going to tell you, we bought, Karen and I bought places. We go in there and take tractor and bucket, bush hog, take them fences out, pick up all the trash, pick up all the stuff, bush hog it down, put a for sale sign on. Isn't that a beautiful place? And everybody else drive by and say, I wouldn't live in that rat hole. Clean it up, fix it up. Don't necessarily have to spend a lot of money on it. You won't get rich doing that, but you know, I'm just saying it happens. It's the truth. It's just practical reality of life. All right. Now, I want you to go this to 1 Corinthians 15, 58. We're going to close out here tonight. And while he's doing that, I want to give you some disciplines. There was something about Jesus Christ that you can pick up reading the Gospels that's very, very interesting. Anybody know what it was pertaining to this? Not just that he was a carpenter's son. You find out, read your Bible carefully, he rose early in the morning. Well, the first disciplines you need to, in your life, hey, if you're a young person here, I'd get this and I wouldn't miss this for the life of me. Get up early. Get up. Now let's talk about why should we get up early? How many, who, who, uh, uh, who has a job, you go to a job about every day of every week? Anybody got one? What, what time do you, what time does your job start? What time are you supposed to be there? About eight. About eight o'clock. All right, I'm going to tell you something. What happens if you get up at 740? What happens if she gonna go? Somebody else said, "What time does anybody go to work?" Yeah, what what time are you supposed to be at work, Jerry? Seven. Supposed to be there at seven. What gets? What happens if you get up at seven forty six forty five? <laughs> All right. How many's ever been? You jumped up and go, "Oh my land!" Has anybody ever done that besides me? Oh my goodness! And you jump up and guess what? You run in there and you get you some cereal or you get you some, make me a sandwich, honey, and I'm running and you go. And guess what happened? You didn't get time to read your Bible. You didn't get time to pray. Yeah. You know why? Because you laid in bed all day. 
Getting up early is the first major discipline in your life. You'll find out Abraham is a father of faith. Guess what? Read his life. You'll find out over and over again and rising up early in the morning, long, long before day, rising up early in the morning, rising up early in the morning. I'm going to tell you, sir, I, I met the God in the morning when the day was at its best and his presence felt like sunshine all across my breast. And all day long, his presence lingered. All, and so I can't quote the, the poem exactly right. But what the message of it is, get up in time to meet God. Amen. Get up in time to meet God. I have a friend, a dear friend of mine, that uh, he works for me. Uh, Keegan, you over any worries? He, I'm, I'll tell you what, this guy, somehow, he gets up at 4.30. He's 71 years old, gets up at 4.30 every morning. Like, like a clock. At six o'clock, you'll hear his truck coming in my driveway. He arrives at work 30 minutes early every day without fail. Gets everything ready to go, has everything ready to go for everybody when they get there and doesn't want paid for it. He just wants to get the job done. And I tell him, I said, no, no, I'm gonna pay you for working. But he gets up, he's 71 years old, kids. And he stands behind that mill and works. Did I do something wrong, Joe? I'm not in trouble, am I? <laughs> not working? Huh? Okay. God, thank you. All right. Hope everything's okay, buddy. All right, but he, but he comes early. And he, he gets there early and takes care of things. And God wants you tonight to get up early. The Bible shows the Old Testament of people getting up early. And I would say tonight here in church, you just want to do something? Change your life? Say, you know what? Tomorrow's Monday, I'm going to get up early. You say, well, I ain't got anywhere to go. I just want to lay in bed. Still a wrong attitude. Get up and meet God. It's not easy for me. I have to fight my flesh, Brother Lonnie. To get, I'm telling you, I do. But that man has been a blessing to me, and he's also been a challenge to me. He said, Reggie, that's just what I've always done. We get at 4 o'clock, do what I want to do, and so forth, and need to get done. But I find out this. If I don't get up early, and it comes time to work, we start at 6.30 in the morning out there. If we don't get up early, Karen and I have, do not have time to read our Bible. And that happens sometimes, doesn't it, honey? Don't get up early, quite early nothing. The guys are out there, just feel like they're going to go. But if you get up early, you've got time to read your Bible. You've got time to pray. Second thing is reading your Bible. That's the discipline you ought to make sure you get time for. Again, if Sister Maloney there, you've got to be at work at, you said, 8 o'clock. And, and, and she gets up, you know, 30 minutes before. She's barely got time to fix breakfast for anybody. Get ready herself. Get up there. It's like no time to read the Bible. No time to get your heart set for the day. Read. This thirdly, prayer. Prayer has to be, and then pray. It takes time to pray. You gotta, that's a discipline in life. You've got to say, well, I need to do that. These are disciplines. You say what you want to, but they help your life to be successful. And being successful is not necessarily making a bunch of money. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about keeping you in a good presence of mind, good mental and spiritual shape. Th fourth one is memorization. Take verses and memorize, write them on cards, stick them in your pocket. Be and that involves in another one is meditation in the Word of God. God has promised that we meditate day and night in His Word. He'll make whatever we do prosper. And then witness. Have tracks with you. Always be watching for somebody that God puts you there. I was so thrilled about Brother Sean Hardy's testimony about asking God, give me somebody to witness to today. And be looking for somebody. There might be a delivery man, somebody you never know. And then fasting is also a discipline. Now, Brother Kenny James back there, he and I were talking before church tonight. Kenny, <laughs> and I walked up to Kenny and I kind of patted him. He says, well, you know, Reggie, I, I'll, I'll throw it Reggie language. He said, I sure agree with your message this morning. Is that, he said, you can tell how much I work by how much I've ate. <laughs> Y'all get that? 
if men will work, he ought not eat. But if he's working, he's eating. He said, I must be working a lot. <laughs> Took me a while to get through on that. Amen. <laughs> Guinea, <laughs> I'll put up with that. All righty. Here we go. First Corinthians 15, 58. Watch this. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in what? Work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your what? Labor is not in vain in the Lord. Now, right here to me is the secret to life apart from being saved. Whatsoever you do, do it unto the Lord. Do it heartily as, as unto the Lord and not unto men. I don't care what kind of business you have. I don't care what kind of work you're doing and I don't care where you're working at. You can do it as unto the Lord and not unto men and you can do it in a way that glorifies God and your labor is not going to be in vain. But if you're just, if you're just getting up in the morning and going to work and it's all about a little paycheck there and you know, just paying your bills and just, you're just getting this rut and just, just like a little rat going around and around the cage, you're going to get to the end of the road and it's going to be vain. I'm going to shoot you straight. I've done a lot of things in my life. I've had a blast. If I was to die tonight, I've had a blast. It's been a wonderful life. I've had my share of sorrows and griefs and pain, but it's been a blessed life. But I'm going to tell you right now, there's something I know without question or doubt that any time that I have labored outside of God's realm where it was just for Reggie, or even just for my family, I look at it as a vein now. What was it about? The thing that brings me comfort and strength and joy and blessedness is laboring in the Lord. And that doesn't mean you've got to be a preacher or a missionary at all. That's not what that means. It means that your business, now listen to me, Whenever I was in the auction business, when I had my auction cars made, I put on the back of them uh, Philippians 2 concerning Jesus Christ, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I passed out tens of thousands of those cars to people that I'll never know. But I made up my mind that if I'm going to sell, I'm going to sell to the glory of God. I'm, I'm, I want them to know the Lord. I want them to know that I honor the Lord and that this business is going to try to honor Christ. That doesn't mean I did everything right and I wasn't trying to put on no show. The fact of it is I had to battle my flesh to do that because well, every kind of lie you can imagine. Well, people say you're trying to push religion on them and blah, 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 blah. But I just had it very discreetly back there on the back of the card concerning Jesus Christ. And I quote one of the strongest verses that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Very stout passage of scripture. And I had all kinds of people coming. Here's what I'm telling you. I don't know what you're doing. I'm not talking about being like that guy down there, Jerry Clowers, hitting the cash register and quoting the verse every time. But you make sure that the way you're doing business, the way you're working, honors this book, honors the Savior of this book, honors the principles of this book. Be honest with people. Do right. Work like you ought to. Don't try to, don't try to impress people. Don't be a man pleaser. Work as unto the Lord. And do your best for Jesus' sake. And do it in a way that would glorify Him. If, if you and I do whatever we're doing as if it was unto the Lord, it'd be all right. And I just want to encourage you tonight. This is what makes life worth living to me. 
listen to me, I've dealt with a lot of people in my life. I've worked for some super rich people. You just see it. I've literally had dads, grandpas say to me at their kitchen table, Reggie, I worked my guts out. My wife and I worked our guts out on this farm. And our kids, they're basically spit in our face. They could care less about the things that we cared about. I want rid of it. You know what he's saying? It's vanity. I didn't do what I was doing for eternity's sake. It doesn't matter necessarily the type of work you're doing. It matters whether in the work of the Lord is what you're doing. Are you doing it in a way that glorifies God? Whatever and by the way, that's a housewife. And we're not talking, we're talking about whatever station in life your work is in. Do it as unto the Lord and not unto men. Amen. And God honors that. Right. And Christian people, uh, I, I just think this is old-fashioned stuff, this, but, but we need this. I need to be reminded of it. Reggie, do right for Jesus' sake. It don't matter if nobody knows, do right. And I want to encourage you in your work. We talked about uh, home businesses and so forth like that. Uh, you don't have to put a Bible verse on your product. I didn't say do that, but do what Lord leads you to do so that it would glorify the Lord. So, it ha you know what? All ground's holy ground. Make it a ministry of some type. Some, how can you be a blessing to people? How can you honor the Lord through what you do? That's the whole idea. Let's stand together. Thank you so much for being here today, putting up with me. I appreciate it a lot.